I want you to turn with me to John chapter 1. I like the uh, tone of the worship this morning and the direction it went in, talking about our victorious life uh, as children of God and walking and in, in, in participating in the army of God, the invincible, undefeatable army of the Lord. Amen. 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 We're in the greatest family that ever existed. We're in a family of God's creation. We are in the family of God, and we are in the army of God, the greatest army that's ever existed in the history of the universe. And it is an army that has never been defeated. We fought many battles, and some battles have gone well, some have not gone so well. You know, but the war, the war has been declared over from the beginning, and we know who the winner is. And that's the Lord. And anyone who's on the Lord's side is a winner. And I thank God that we have, we have victory to go to victory in. We're not wondering how the, what the outcome's going to be. We know how the outcome is going to be. We win. Everybody say, we win. I'm a winner. I talked to you last week about how you entered into this existence a winner. The very fact that you were the... you race that got to the egg made you a winner instantly you won the lottery the moment you were conceived the odds against you being here were insurmountable and yet here you are you uh, of development in your mother's womb without being aborted. Praise the Lord. Amen. Without you saying, no, this isn't going to work and, and, uh, and, and miscarrying. Many, many people have been erased before they were born by miscarriage and abortions. But he wasn't. He came home from war. M millions did not come home. But you came home and got married and you were born. What are the odds? My dad was hit by a bomb in the black forest of Germany. He had shrapnel throughout his body. You could feel strap bomb fragments in his in his hands and in his back. You know that they didn't; they were too close to nerves, but they wouldn't cut them out. And uh, you know the uh, his best friend that was running through the woods on the right hand was totally obliterated. His master sergeant, who was on the left side, was cut in half, and he was knocked down by a tree branch, or he probably would have been uh, blown up and incinerated as well from a United States Air Corps P-38 who dropped a bomb on the wrong people. Friendly fire. They took him to the hospital in London, England and treated him and then decided that they, he needed to go back into combat 
And so they dismissed him at noon on a Friday to go back to his, his unit in, the, in, in Germany to fight. And he, was, he, he, he left the hospital at noon. At 2 o'clock, the Germans bombed the hospital and killed everybody in it. Over and over and over and over, my dad would sit on the back porch and tell me of times when he should have been killed, could have been killed, but God prevented it. And then he and marries my mother. And they have my older brother, and then three years later, I come along. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that you are even here. You're, but you're aware. The fact that you, here, you are here and you exist and you have survived all of the ups and downs of life and everything that the enemy has thrown at you and all the trickery and all the stupid things you've done. Oh, I've done some stupid things. I sit on the hood until I missed the house and he suddenly stopped. And I kept going. I could have been dead many, many times. Went deer. We were waiting for the deer season to open at the crack of dawn. We camped out all night, and I'm sitting against a tree with a 30 6 in my hand, waiting for the first crack of dawn so I could go deer hunting. And just as the sun came up over the horizon, I heard a gunshot and a bullet hit the tree right above my head. Somebody out there thought I was a deer. So I fired a couple rounds back and ran. I don't know what, what that deer was doing with a rifle, but I, I, I shot back at him and got out of there. And, of course, I didn't hit anything. Thank God he didn't hit me, but, man, I, I thought, it's too crowded out here on the river. But he could have hit me. How many times have you dodged a bullet? How many times have you dodged a traffic accident? Or something that, something that you, you just... You, you and those are just the things you know about. Those are just the things you know about. So God has engineered and planned for you to be here at this time in history. You, and you are... And we need, we are, and therefore there is a purpose for our life. There's something that God has brought us to this place for, and we're not just here to be spectators in the stands while we watch other people play. But we're to be participants in what God wants to do. John 1, are you there yet? John 1, verse 1. In the world. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And with Let me... I'm going to take out the word word, and I'm going to put his other name, Jesus. All right? In the... The same... And without Jesus, 
He was the Word. For and he, he was God. He was He was the Word. For eternity past, He was always the Word of God. But God had a plan to save you, and it required that Jesus make a change, that the word be changed. And the word was changed and put in the form of a man. And that man became the God-man, the Savior of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen? Amen. That the world through him might believe and be saved. And we know that. We know that because we did that. We believed on Jesus and we are saved. But we need to understand that just a mere 2,000 years ago, just a mere 2,000 years ago, the very nature of God changed. And that part of God, known as the Word, became a man. He became a man. He was all God, but he was all man. Never in, but suddenly, there, he wasn't 50% God and 50% man. And it's a mystery. It's hard for us to get our minds around. But Jesus was the Son of Man. of temptation that we experience yet without sin and the reason he did not sin was he was all God and there was no sin in him he had no sin nature in him he did not have the nature of Adam in him the fallen nature he was pure of heart pure of mind and holy he was all man he sinned but he didn't and he was for us but I want you to notice what else it says here in, in verse 4. It says, in him was life. And was the light of men. In him was life. And that life that was in Jesus was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness word that is... Uh, misunderstood by most people. The word comprehended there means it couldn't prevent it. You see, he, he sh his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't stop it. The darkness can't prevent the light. Amen? Amen? And then the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, capital L, that all men through you see Jesus through could believe on that light and be saved. Amen. He but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
Now, when Jesus the world was completely covered in darkness. Now, I'm not talking about the sun and, you know, that kind of darkness. I'm talking about spiritual darkness. There was no light. The light had gone out. Even the light which was Israel had become so dim that it was totally ineffective and useless to God. It did not light the way. God had called Israel and separated Israel and given them his laws, his word, his commandments, his covenants, and their purpose was to go forth and light up the world. Their purpose was to be a light to the world. But they had become so corrupted and so polluted in their thinking and their doctrine and their practices and their traditions that made the word of God of no effect to the point that the nation that was to be the light had gone out to the point that they didn't expect him. And when he came, they rejected him. It says so right here in this chapter. But every person, every man that comes into the world is exposed to that light, even though Jesus was the only light. Now think about that. 2,000 years ago, until Jesus came into the world, uh, spiritually speaking, it was just totally in darkness. They were worshiping all kinds of pagan gods. They had all kinds of stuff going on in the world. It was not a good place to live. Nations fought against nations. Empires rose and fell. Other empires would come in and take over. They would build things, and those things would crumble and fall. And it, it was like you know the world was ruled by, by brutal dictators who enforced their will on other people that were weaker than they. And they just, I mean, it was not a good place to live. It was a horrible place to live, the whole world. There was no good place in the world to live. The whole world lay in darkness. And then the light came. One solitary, single individual who just happened to be the author of all light. He happened to be the God that lit up the whole world in Genesis. Turn to Genesis. I'll show you what he did. Genesis 1, verse 2. You see, darkness has been around since way before the beginning. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, 1 says, In the beginning there was God. Amen. But notice what verse 2 says. And the earth was without form and void. And that word void there could mean chaotic, chaos. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So in the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of man's history, because the Bible is about God's, God's works among men, God's historical record of his dealings with men, we world in a chaotic state of darkness. And the Spirit of the waters, and God said, now when God said, what came out of his mouth? Words. And what, who's the word of God? Jesus. So Jesus is there in the beginning. And God opened his mouth and, and emitted the word and, the, and said, let there be and there was light. So the author of light is God through his 
And notice in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, all through there, this, the, the record of creation, everything was made after God said. He said, let there be light. Light was. Then he said, let there be birds, and birds flew. And he said, let there be fish, and fish swam. And he said, let everything he said came to pass. God's word became these things. And when God speaks, the universe obeys. Amen. Amen. He sets things in motion, and, and unless he comes back and changes it, it stays the way it was when he spoke it. When he said light be, light began to ex just explode throughout the universe at 186,000 miles per second in all directions. And the universe has been expanding at that rate of speed ever since. <coughs> if you uh, were able to find a spaceship and fly at the speed of light, you would never catch up to e uh, creation because it's way ahead of you. It's awesome. <coughs> That light was, uh, was the essence of God. God is light. Amen. And Jesus, uh, Jesus said that um, uh, he was there. <coughs> light be and continues to be at this awesome rate of speed. And then the whole story of mankind is about the struggle between darkness and light. Darkness, you could put in parentheses, Satan, and light, you could put in parentheses, God. The, the struggle for the whole history of mankind has been between God and Satan, darkness and light. Satan is behind everything evil. <coughs> and the devil's behind it. Amen? And God is... <coughs> if it's good, i got a cough drop. <coughs> I knew I was going to have... <coughs> Think about it. People have been caught in the middle between this war of good and evil, light and dark. <coughs> and, um, sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we get confused and we think God is the source of the evil. He's not causing me to cough either. Satan is behind every evil thing. He's the author of it. We've been, and the light is 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 given to us to dwell within us, so that we can overcome darkness. That's why the light came into the world. He said, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. 
when we receive which is Jesus, he the candle of the Lord. When the Spirit of God moves on the inside of you, you become a light. Now, I know this to be a fact because the Bible says so, and because, you know, I've seen it. I've seen people who had really sad faces, and their countenances were just dark, and, and they would come forward to receive the Lord, and we would pray with them, and they'd open up their heart to receive the Lord, and I could tell the instant the Lord moved in because the lights would come on. Yeah. You could see eyes that all of a sudden these dull, dark, um, brute would just begin to sparkle. And you could see it on their face. They come down, you know, frowning, sad, tears rolling down their cheeks, scared to death they're going to go to hell. Face, there's a twinkle in their eye, and and they're walking on cloud nine when they leave. Some people, did you get born again? But I like those that you don't even have to ask. You can see it when it happens. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You can see you can see them light up because why? They have received the light of life. Jesus is the light of life. And when we receive Jesus, the light moves in on the inside of us and lightens up our whole being. Amen. And because darkness, as pervasive as it is, and as heavy as it feels, and as scary as it looks, one little light pushes it all back. Amen? Don't you just love it at night when the lights start coming on? You know? And it becomes a beautiful thing. You know, the light, the more the more of us there are, the more light there is in the world. Can you say amen? amen. Turn to Isaiah 60, verse 1. I, I love Isaiah 60, 1 through 5, because... It, it, it is the call. It's the call to shine forth your light, to turn on the light. And he says, Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Now, isn't that not a commentary of the world we're living in right now? Darkness is, is covering the earth. There's a gross darkness that, that has come on people. I mean, gross darkness means, you know, their lights have gone out so much that they, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. They, they call evil good, good evil. I mean, people are in this world are going nuts. And not just people, I'm talking about uh, people in power, people in leadership, people who have the ability to uh, make life difficult for everybody else. They're crazy, they're insane, they're demon-possessed, their ideas are perverse. It's like, it's like a dark cloud has moved in uh, over the land. COVID was like uh, a, a, a preamble to this, this period of darkness that's been released upon the world. 
And we've all, we've all seen it. And we're talking about it. And, you know, one of, one of the prophets said that God told him that uh, the dark ages are here. You have now entered into the dark ages. And he said, Lord, uh, you mean that if we don't pray, we're going to enter into it? And he said, no, the Lord said, you're there. It's not good news. I thought prophets were supposed to prophesy things that make us happy. He said, Lord, well, what are, we, what are we supposed to do? And the Lord says, shine. Shine your light in the darkness. You see, just because there's darkness doesn't mean we don't have power. Just because there's darkness doesn't mean that we are not more powerful than the darkness. You go into a dark room and you just light one little candle. And all of a sudden that darkness is weak and is being driven back. Light two candles, light three candles, light four candles. And, and before long, you know, you can't find the darkness. When uh, we first got in here this morning, the lights were off and there was a measure of darkness in here. It was already a little bit light because the windows let in some light. But when they flipped that switch back there, guess what happened to the darkness? It left. It's gone. Light dispels darkness. Light overcomes darkness. Your light, the light of God that is in you, is more than enough for any darkness that might be around you. It'll at least keep it at bay, and at most, you can advance against it and push it away. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The light resists the darkness, and the darkness backs off. Darkness cannot overcome light. But light overcomes darkness. Notice what he says. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his You ever been out in the woods camping out, you know, and it gets dark and and you build a campfire? What's one of the first things that happens when you get that fire going? The bugs start coming. They come to the light. I remember one time, 1979, I was preaching in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, in this little in this church, right in the middle of the city, and it's the largest city in in Haiti. You know, a couple million people back in those days, and and uh, I'm preaching, and I'm preaching about Jesus is the light of the world. That my subject was Jesus is the light of the world, and how the enemy hates the light and tries to put the light out, and tried to kill Jesus, and thought he had put the light out, and then the light came back on three days later. And began to spread, and everybody who believed him, you know, I was preaching a pretty good sermon, and all of a sudden the lights went out, <clears throat> not just in this little church, but all over the city of Port-au-Prince. In a city like that, when the lights go out, mayhem and madness ensues, looting and all that kind of stuff, because these are desperate people. And when the lights go out, they see it's their chance to smash a window and, and, and loot a store building or something. And so it wasn't a good thing 
And, and yet, <clears throat> I just kept preaching. I said, see there, see there, the devil's trying to put the light out because he doesn't want you to hear what I'm saying. I just kept preaching. I'm preaching in the dark. And then they brought a coal lantern, a coal oil lantern up, and they set it on the pulpit right in front of me, which was good because then I had light and I could see my Bible and uh, the people could see me, but it was bad because every bug in the house came to that light. Light is attractive. It draws things, draws people, draws animals. And, um, and there were so many bugs that I was, I, I was having a protein sandwich right there while I'm preaching. I mean, I'm swallowing bugs. I'm swatting bugs. And uh, a little bit later, as I was still preaching, the lights came back on. And when I looked out there, the, there was probably three times as many people in that building as there were when the lights went out. And there was probably 500 people around the building looking in the windows because they wanted to see the preacher that wouldn't stop preaching even when the lights went out. And, of course, my subject was Jesus is the light of the world. So we had an amazing service that night. And uh, you talk about church growth. Church, let, let the lights go out. And if the church is lit up and the lights go out, the people will come. And they'll be drawn to the light. Do you believe that? Yes. Praise God. Right now, the young people, you know, they're not flocking in here, but the lights are on. I mean, you know, everything, everything's cool. But if it, if it gets, the darker it gets outside the more people are going to be drawn to you and to me because we're the light. We have answers. We have answers. We know what's happening. We can go on. Because we see the natural realm. We see, you know, and, and we can see the hand of God. And we know what the enemy's up to. And we can So, Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. I mean, your family is going to get caught up in this. Yeah. In the to the light, your sons, your daughters, and the Gentiles, the, the heathen, are going to all be drawn to your light. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. And the sea here is a type of the nations. The abundance of the nations, and that's the people. The people of the world shall be and the forces, the strength of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. You see, when we rise up within us and we don't try to cover or, or hide it under a bushel, Jesus said. That's right. He said, he said we're, we're, a, we're a city that's supposed to be on the top of the hill. And we light up the world. And the world is going to be brought to us. Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The light will help you to overcome evil by doing good. Yeah. Amen? Philippians 2, 13 
says it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation or nation, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, Have we seen any crookedness lately? Yeah. Have you seen any perverseness? Have y'all watched any commercials on TV? They're perverse. They're gross. You can't. In all of these anti-AIDS commercials with homosexual actors in them, making that lifestyle look wonderful and happy, and here we've got a pill so you don't even have to worry about catching any disease. It's everywhere. That crooked and perverseness is everywhere. But he Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You see, so the light that is in us can shine and show people that are living in crookedness and perverseness a way out. We don't The light in me is greater than the darkness in the world. First John 5, 2, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. I hope that's not news to you. His commandments are not hard. For whatsoever is born of God, how many of you are born of God? Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the God. You see, you the light of God makes you a world overcomer. A world overcomer. <laughs> I preached a whole series last summer on being an overcomer from First Peter, Second Peter. So, in the darkness. Think about this. 2,000 years ago, there was one light that came and lit up the whole world. Jesus. And now there's something like two billion light bearers scattered all over the planet. From one lonely, solitary light born in Bethlehem's manger till today there's Two billion of us scattered all over the world. That's millions. 
shining for pushing back the darkness. Are we We're far better off. Jesus said it would be like this. He said, the works that I do, you shall do also, but greater than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. These are the people. Amen. He said, He's talking about any one of us can do the works that Jesus did and greater. You multiply that by two billion people on the face of the planet, and the darkness doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have the chance of a snowball in hell. Amen? Mm. He said, Matthew 5, 14, you're the light of the world. I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He was. But now he's in heaven. But now he's in the world. <laughs> and you cannot be hid. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Let men see your good works. We look to you. In case you're worried. Yeah. He's, he's been whooped. Jesus whooped the tar out of him. Stripped all keys of authority from him. Led him captivity before heaven and earth, all of heaven and all of earth and everything, everything under the earth, saw Satan's humiliation, saw his defeat. And then behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Notice what he said in Luke ten eighteen. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, everybody say all, all, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I watched Satan fall. You, you need to remind Satan of that. Anytime you come across any darkness, any spiritual opposition, any, any, anything that might even closely resemble Satan against you, just open your mouth and remind him that he's defeated. Yes. You can say, Jesus saw you tossed out of heaven. Yes. Jesus defeated Jesus and push back the darkness. Resist the devil means means you stand against him and you resist him. We need to let our light shine in the face of all that is opposing Christ. There are many ways that Christians can let their light shine. <laughs> There's the, uh, you know, just the stationary way, you know, you just, okay, you just be a candle sitting on a table and you light up the whole room. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Or you can be the torch, the flashlight that people carry out into the outside, into the darkness. And wherever, wherever you go, you're pushing back darkness. Amen? Or you can be that floodlight that comes on when the enemy approaches that blinds him and sends him scampering off into the darkness. Amen? Or you can be a laser light, you know, that cuts and burns. And, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, the, you can be the laser, the laser light that, that it takes part in cutting the enemy to pieces. I guess the choice is up to you. Do you want to be a candlestick sitting in the middle of a table in a nice little room? Or do you want to be a flashlight that is carried out into the darkness? Or do you want to be a laser light going after Darth Vader? Amen. You choose. But I, 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 tend, to want, I, I tend to want to be more on the offensive. I don't want to, yeah, all of that. Be all of that. Amen. You know, don't ever, don't ever turn down the light. Always keep it brightly shining. Amen. Like the scripture said, Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. We're not waiting for a Savior. We, ha we have the Savior. Hey, Amen. We're not, we're not waiting to all of a sudden come on. We have the light. And so let's go forward with confidence that the light that is in us is powerful enough to put out any darkness wherever we find it. Amen. Amen. Stand up with me, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to praise him. I like what uh, Robert was saying about how that, uh, uh, you know, God told Jehoshaphat to, you know, to put the praisers out front. You know, uh, that's, one way, that's one way to let the light shine. You know what happened at midnight in the Philippian jail in the book of Acts? You remember Paul and Silas? They were beaten and then they were put down into the prison house, and they were, they were in stocks, not Wall Street stocks, but, you know, their feet were in stocks. And they were down in, the, down in the lower part of the prison where all the sewage flowed down. They had open sores because they'd been beaten, and all this raw sewage is coming down on top of them. They were not for long in this world, in the natural. But the Bible says they prayed. I think you ought to pray in a situation like that. Amen. But they didn't stop there. They prayed and they weren't singing under their breath. They were singing so loud, all the other prisoners heard them. I guess, I guess their voices just traveled through the sewer pipes. And God sent a pinpoint earthquake that hit those stocks, set their feet free, hit those jail doors and set those jail doors open didn't tear the house down didn't kill anybody it just it just it was pinpoint directed to all the locks in the building god sent a a unlocking earthquake focused focused power and it really so praise the lord anybody here want to praise god with me hallelujah lord i just thank you that the light of your glory